Right, here we go. Take one. On May 12th, 2021, Oliver Oli Taylor, a 17-year-old trans male, was kidnapped and shot in Oregon. This was the 26th reported violent death of a transgender or a gender non-conforming person in 2021. Why? You know, these victims were killed by acquaintances, partners, or strangers, some of whom have been arrested and charged, while others have yet to be identified. Some of these cases involve clear anti-transgender bias. Why? I don't really understand the reasons, but it is clear that many perpetrators of hate, they live in fear, and they don't have the ability to think for themselves, which is something that I'm going to explain in a minute. My guest today is a transgender male who hosts an amazing podcast, which he is going to tell you about. Please stay tuned. That's amazing because that's the message, man, in recovery. You got to reframe that stuff and now use it as, as your advantage, your, your ability to affect humanity through the suffering or through the trials of your life. You can turn that into amazing things. And then guess who's got the power at that point? You take your power back. Hey, my name is Eric McCoy and I'm getting ready to get high. You know, I'm almost, I almost seem to get a little more brazen in my declaration of getting high as, you know, bold and I guess no shame in my game, right? But I'm looking forward to the day that I can actually declare this and feel no need to explain what I mean. And today I'm not going to. And if this is your first time listening, um, watch some of my other podcasts and you'll kind of get a better understanding of what I'm talking about. Now, for those that know me, I have very little, if any, care about what people think of me. And this hasn't always been so, but through many years of learning to care and learning to love myself, that doesn't seem that important to me anymore. And I'm about to say something that I rarely ever say because I never think about it, but I don't define myself as racist and have no hate or dislike for anybody because of physical qualities, your appearance, color, 
uh, gender, sexual orientation, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But it's funny to me, by me saying that, I, I actually believe I sound racist. <laughs> and anybody that has to clarify that, they typically are. <laughs> now, there is a reason that I am discussing this, which I'm going to get into in a moment. Hatred. And in the context that I am discussing regarding racist qualities is one of and what I basically view as the greatest insights related to weakness. You know, my book, Pain, Failure, and Misery are the Stepping Stones to Success, I cover an enormous amount of information, and I even go way beyond substance abuse. But in one chapter, I delve into personal power and thinking for oneself and not through the minds of other people. Now, it is clear to me that hatred is taught as young children that have never been brainwashed by parents can actually sit in a room with all nationalities, races, genders, colors, with no conflict and no thought on the differences. Now, by looking at that, we have in what I view as mindless people that can't think for themselves that are full of hate. Now, we could also look at hatred within agendas, you know, religions, and I'm going to ask some questions on this, but religions by many of those that practice are grounded within judgment and they're grounded within hatred. Now, my interest in discussing this is going to lead to my guest, who is a transgender male, who I am proud to call my friend. You know, I see a man of courage and for many transgender people, right, living openly can actually, I believe, be an act of defiance in a society that continues to get rigid cultural norms for gender identity and expression. You know, transgender people face stigma surrounding who they are from an early age, you know, often rooted in inaccurate beliefs and politically motivated attacks on transgender identities. You know, transgender people have devastating levels of discrimination and harassment in the workplace. Uh, transgender people are especially vulnerable when it comes to accessing social services and healthcare, including, you know, finding doctors who respect and affirm their identities. You know, and we can go on and on and on regarding inequalities, right, such as, you know, even family issues, legal equality, and the definition of hate crimes, um, and even facing disproportionate rates of poverty and homelessness in the United States. Now, Lana Curie, my guest, is the host of a podcast called Recovery Soul Food, and I am actually can say that I was very recently on it. And since I don't care, again, what people think, and again, you know, I would say, again, he is a friend of mine. You know, I look at a lot of people out there that, you know, may say like, oh, you know, oh, yeah, they're a friend of mine, they're a friend of mine, until they're questioned by certain people, right? Lana, I want to thank you for coming on the show today, and I really appreciate it. Man, I want to thank you for having me. First and foremost, because 
as excited as I was already to 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 come on your show, just uh, just listening to all uh, of what you're saying right then just makes me even more excited to be here because I feel like we're going to have a very intelligent, very open, and a very heart-to-heart conversation right now. And I think that it's a conversation that needs to be had. And um, I just, I, I really look forward to this because we don't often put, you know, we don't often put recovery and and this same stuff together mm-hmm. but i can't tell my recovery story without telling my transition story and i can't tell my transition story without telling my recovery story and because it's just all intertwined it's life man it's it's life and and i do i want to say i am honored to call you my friend um it is often for uh, for guys and for people like myself in general it is often um, very difficult to see the true intention and agenda of of people in friendships and you know it's refreshing to be be able to be the heart of them thank you so much for having me here absolutely you know, education is to me very important, right? Especially as ignorance <laughs> and hatred, I think, go hand in hand. <laughs> now, I was curious. Uh, I was curious on on this because this is something that you know you hear a lot, and so I wanted to ask you what your thoughts are to respond to this. You know, as a lot of people out there, um, you know, may and and again as you know and and I kind of threw this out before that my son was born a female and so I've gone through this you know whole experience and witnessing it you know with with my son and and uh and I'm proud of my son you know very courageous and uh you know and you could say it takes balls right <laughs> it does <laughs> it does now many a lot of people out there they believe that this is a choice that you make. Okay. Yeah. How do you respond to that? Whew. Well, you know, I wore this shirt. It says the only choice I ever made was to be myself because I found myself locked more in the choice of trying not to be me. I made more of a choice. Um, I, I knew, I, I knew that the body and the mind and the soul and all that was not right when I was four years old. So from that time, I grew up also in the deep South. So I was in Southern Alabama, um, small town, growing up, knowing I had this secret. I didn't know at four years old what it was. I just knew that it wasn't, you know, like everybody else. Um, And I consistently tried to make the choice not to be this way because I understood that it was not accepted to be who you were born to be. And, you know, unfortunately, a lot of the religious community is where I first learned that lesson and learned it very quickly because when when parts of my true nature would kind of squeak out, they would quickly be, they would quickly be pushed back in and they would quickly be, you know, reprimanded. 
So the shame started very early, but I still didn't stop there at that shame. I kept trying to choose to be what the world says I was supposed to be. And for 20, I, I started drinking at age 11, uh, you know, and, and, and we can't not forget that, that I went through some abuse and some sexual abuse, which was really, really tough for me. I, that really made the body dysphoria, took it to a whole new level. And now, you know, I'm wearing an extra shame coat. Um, and I, the only choice that I really ever made was to try my best to be what the world told me I was supposed to be. And that left me so miserable that, you know, I've had four overdoses, uh, three suicide attempts brought back to life twice from those. Um, and, you know, I spent 22 years in an addictive hell, waking up every day, asking why, um, hearing very conflicting religious belief systems and different things that says, number one, God doesn't make any mistakes. And yet at the same time, I felt like I was God's biggest mistake. I used to call myself God's little joke. I used to say, what kind of God would make someone like me in a world like this? And it, it, I used to equate it to doing time, doing a life sentence in a prison for a crime I never committed because I know that I didn't choose to be different. It took me until I was 44 years old to finally through, you know, five years in recovery of healing all the sexual trauma of healing all of the other trauma to finally know that. I had to step into this or else I would die never having truly been myself. And I just wouldn't let myself be a hypocrite. Um, and That's so, a long time. You, I mean, so you, so you started the transition at what, at what age? 44 years old. 44. 44. That's how long I stayed locked in a, a prison that was just pure hell. I mean, waking up every day, Eric, just wishing for death. It's like just upset that I woke up that morning and tried everything to deny this part of myself. You know, I, I, I and I would get to a place where I thought, okay, I've got life, you know, somewhat figured out. I've, I've got a son. He'll get to do the things that I never did. And man, that was hard in itself because I didn't even realize until I started doing a lot of inner healing and transitioning that so many of the problems that me and my teenage son had is because I was trying to live out my life through him and he wasn't me. And I was basically subconsciously punishing him for not being me, not doing the things that I wanted to do and missed out on doing like playing football and and it's like I would look at him and think, you have everything that I ever dreamed of having. The, the one thing, if I looked like you, man, I'd, I mean, like there would be no stopping me. And yet that just wasn't who he was. He didn't understand that plight. And, you know, I didn't either until I began, you know, actually transitioning. How old, how, uh, how old were you when you when you had him? Um, I actually, he is my wife's son. Um, oh, okay. He was four years old when I met her. 
Um, and you see, I've always, from the time that I was brought into the world, I had an extra, I think they call it an extra Y chromosome in me. So that I was always producing more, um, more male hormone than the normal female. So this has always been kind of like a medical thing for me. And, you know, but they didn't talk about hormonal things. And back in 1974, 75, 76, we didn't do any testing like that. We just thought, oh, that's a tomboy. You know, we'll we'll eventually break her of this. And unfortunately, I went through years of I became a self-mutilator. I mean, I hated this body, man. I hated that body so bad and yeah yeah you'll grow out of it yeah yeah it's just a phase phase. you'll grow up sure thing about religion right is interpretation you know it's interpretation and that's the you know this is the problem that i have with with it in a lot of ways i mean you can go to one pastor and ask him a question they give you one answer you go somewhere else they give you a different answer you know, and there's not a lot of consistency, uh, except homosexuals are going to go to hell, right? Absolutely. You know, you're going to go to hell, right? Yep. I mean, yep. like there's only there's certain consistencies, but everything else, there's so many variations and changes. You know, it's so many times we like to stay in our ignorance. We don't like to expand ourselves enough to look into what makes us uncomfortable so we think if we put a a stamp on it that says well god said so then that excuses us the same way we did when we stole raped beat and killed black human beings in this country in behind the same book they found scriptures that justified lashing and beating human beings well, and slavery and stuff like that, you know, but somewhere, exactly. along, somewhere along the line, though, the they missed the thou shall not kill. I think it said that. Absolutely. <laughs> it's Absolutely. Like, Look, slavery is good. And then we go kill you. So we're like, you know, the hypocrisy, I guess you could say. I mean, there's so much hypocrisy. Yeah, yeah it is. And it's and it just I think we just get lazy in our ignorance we get lazy in what keeps us comfortable and and i i just often say we as human beings we don't like change and uh, but yet without change we don't have technology we don't have the things that give us comfort and and joy in in this day and time but we also fail to realize that when we see people outside of us that make us uncomfortable, that's not their problem. That's our problem. Mm-hmm. And, you know, even me, I, you know, I, I always have to catch myself. We're humans. There's a certain way that our brain is going to go in certain areas, but I think I want to live in the way that I feel like I'm called to live, which is to to see another human being, to embrace the differences of all humans, man, and to follow that commandment that says love, Mm -hmm. love. And that's that. I mean, gosh, there's so much on that. I'm sure we can have a 13 hour conversation. 
you know, I look at I look at all of this, you know, with you know, like the and you're right. I mean, within the within the churches, you know, um, there is so much judgment, you know, and and then there's thou shalt not judge. I don't, you know, <laughs> somewhere that's in the Bible too. I think. <laughs> and uh, yeah, and so, but there's so much judgment, um, you know, that's put across, and and I always just think that, and I think I've said this to you before. It's like why should I care? I mean, that's to me, it's like what you do is, is your doing what I do. As long as you're not affecting other people, you know, as long as you're not harming others. Um, right. I don't get that. You know, I mean, you know, who people sleep with, that doesn't affect me at all. I don't know why it should matter, you know, to people now, even, and, and, uh, and, uh, you know, this, uh, even, even if you, you're, you know, really, really, truly, honestly believe, right. That you're going to go to hell. Right. Um, you know, it's still not those people's place to judge, you know, it's almost right. like, okay, well, I believe that you're going to hell, but I mean, so be it. And, <laughs> you know. Absolutely. Like, I don't know how we're, how we're failing to grasp all of it, but, but again, I think it gives us an excuse to hate. I think it gives an excuse to hate. I think it gives an excuse for us to have generational hate. I think, like you said in the very beginning, that, that children are born perfect specimens of just pure consciousness. I think they're born perfect specimens of God, just, just a beautiful new consciousness here on the planet. And they start getting filled with things. I mean, that's how to be honest, that's how a, a trans person or even a person that's gay, bisexual or, or lesbian, I can't really speak for the bisexual, but I know generally gay or lesbian, you know, very early, but how do you begin to feel shame about it? Somewhere in that you're taught to put a lid on that. Mm -hmm. That's not okay. So put a lid on it. And when we, I think this is my honest I mean, heartfelt opinion is that we were all created so different. And if we were supposed to be alike and all supposed to be alike, don't we think God's smart enough to make us that way? How many of the people that do have so much hate are, you know, quote unquote, Christian people? They always claim to be mm -hmm. a lot of Christian people. And but but God is love. Right. I mean, God is all is all mm -hmm. love. That's what they say. God is love. Right. And I believe in God, you know, but, you know, God is yeah. love. Um, I mean, so why would God want to put something upon the people to be the hate? I mean, is that almost like, you know, I'm all love, but here, I'm going to give you so you be all hate. I mean, that doesn't even yeah. make sense. <laughs> it doesn't. And that's how, you know, I felt growing up. It was part of my pain and my anguish and my torture is that, you know, God made all this beautiful creation, which to me, I'm so close to nature and creation that that's where I find God. I see the love of God in nature. Like, look at this beautiful stuff. But yet I'm going to point at you, Lona Curry, and say, but I'm going to make you something that's not even, you know, it's not even a part of me. And you suffer. That doesn't make any sense. It doesn't, doesn't make any fair. sense. It doesn't. And, and I, I really... You know, and, and I hate for it to give because, you know, since transitioning, I've gotten the chance to meet some really true Christian people. And I am finding that, unfortunately, they are in the minority 
of what we hear most proclaimed by Christians, which is the hate. And for a person like me, and I'll only speak for myself, but I bet that, that other trans and, and community people will understand this too. We have to watch ourselves from judging people who say they're Christians, because the first thing that goes up are, you know, sirens and red flags like that says this person could hurt me because I've been hurt in the name of God. Um, you know, I, I've, I've been shouted at and spit on and, 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 you know, brutally attacked. You know, again, like you're a sign of courage. I mean, you really are. You're like the image and picture in my head of, of courage, you know, because that is. You know, that's like almost what I kind of said in the beginning. It's like the act of defiance, you know, um, against the society or cultures that we live in that, that are completely against this, you know. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's got to be tough. You know, you even study, you know, psychologists. I mean, like gender identity or identity crisis, you know, is, is something that a lot of psychologists think everybody goes through. You know, you, you know, study Eric Erickson, you know, and... Uh, you know, the identity confusion, you know, the, the role confusion and things like that, um, that everybody goes through at times, you know, at, at, at a certain age, you know, some people think that, you know, so many, so much hatred that comes along, uh, you know, regarding a lot of that stuff, you know, has to do with their own insecurities, you know, and, uh, and I definitely could have some validity to it. Where does your parents stand? I, I, where does your parents stand with this? Well, I'll tell you the truth. Um, you know, I've got a kind of a complicated background with that. But, um, you know, my father passed away because of my addiction and some things that had happened. He and I didn't really have a relationship. And he died a few years ago. Well, more than a few, probably close to like seven or eight years ago now. So, you know, I didn't really have to do come out like this with him and I'm not sure what he would have said my mom is doing her very best she is a beautiful supportive mom she truly is um, I try to go really easy on her with gender pronouns because I feel like I'm a teacher um, I feel like that's my love calling is to try to you know just not really attack people when they misgender me if they knew me before um you know if you do it now at this point then I kind of know that it's it's you know it's it's on purpose but with my mom she's really trying and and I just constantly remind myself that you know I was female to her before I ever even understood what that meant so for all 47 years of my life mm -hmm. you know she has you know nurtured this person, even though she has really, she was not surprised when I identified as gay. Um, she's not surprised at this, but it was just, I was really nervous to tell her because I had rebuilt a relationship with her through my recovery. And at the time she had a husband who was very, he was the type of religious we're talking about. Um, and he was not accepting of me and my wife and my family at all. Um, his, he voiced his opinions quite often and very much degraded us. Now, before he passed away three years ago, because I had made a date to tell them 
um, that I was going to be starting hormone therapy. And he, the Monday I was going to tell him he died that Sunday night. Um, and I think in all honesty that that kind of, in a way, freed my mom to be able to really think for herself. Absolutely. Absolutely. (laughs) Yes, that's absolutely true. Because, you know, she, she came from a lot of a a deep Southern background and, and was, you know, brought up in certain ways. And, and, you know, the man did all the thinking, the man did all the stuff, you know, we are deeply Southern and she comes from generations of Southern women. And I'm really proud of her. You know, I have to say, I'm really proud of her. Um, I'm proud of the relationship we've built. I'm proud when she introduces me as her son. She may, you know, introduce me as her son and say she three three words later, but she's really, really trying. And that's what means the most to me, man. That's what means the most to me. Yeah, I know, you know, I know you were saying too with the pronouns, you know. And I kind of went through that a little bit with, with, um, with my son. Really? I kept referring to her, you know, you know, she, and it took him, it took a bit, you know, and, and, but again, that is all I knew her, her as, you know, growing up. Right. Right. And then all of a sudden to switch that around it. And it it wasn't a a conscious thing, you know, but it just flowed out, you know, when you're just talking, you know, and sure. so I, so I understand yeah, that perfect. part, you know, with, with your mom, um, that does take a bit, you know, now it's the, now I don't even, you know, it's he, 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 I mean, I don't even think of him, yeah. anymore, you know, um, but yeah, that's, it's, um, you know, growing up and I want to make a comment really quick too. And I want you know, for listeners out there, I'm not bashing the, the Christian religion, <laughs> you know, at all. Right, right, you know? yeah. um, I, and, yeah. and I'm not talking about everybody. I'm just talking about certain people and some people. And I know Christians out there that are some of the greatest people um, in the world. You know, they fit Absolutely. my image. They fit my image of a Christian, which is loving, caring, accepting. They don't, yeah. you know, yeah. um, they, they, that, you know, and it doesn't necessarily mean they agree with everything, you know, and it goes back to, you know, it goes back to like, you know, politics, for instance, I don't want to get into politics, but it goes back to politics, you know, that, you know, like I have the ability to sit down, we can discuss politics and I can accept your view. You know, if I believe that I have the right to have an opinion and I have a view, I have to allow you to have the same. I mean, that's only fair. Absolutely. Yeah, it's that simple. Yet we make it so complicated. (laughs) I love that. And I'm glad that you said that, too, because I'll tell you, I've been in a period in my life now, you know, everything for me is a journey and I'm addicted to learning. I'm addicted to self-growth and spiritual growth. And I I believe also nothing is by accident. I believe we're, we're on this journey to become our best soul self. And I have been in the position to have to be, have to accept blessings from true Christians. And, you know, there's been people in my life um, this, this past year, even right now, that have really, really changed 
my heart and my view about, you know, exactly what we've been talking about. And, and I needed that. I needed to be in a position where I had to accept blessings from these people. And, and I had to be able to see that they were not to harm me. And I, and I'm grateful. I really am grateful for this. I am. I truly am. Now, do you, do you feel that, so you're a female to male. Mm-hmm. Now, when a male to female, is, do, you, do you view the criticism and racism as even stronger? Oh, yes. I want to tell you, man, anytime I see a male transitioning to a female, that's my hero. And I'll tell you why, because, you know, the trans violence, especially of trans women of color in this country and the world, is going on way too much and it's still not being dealt with. It's not being brought into mainstream um, knowledge, but you know, for female to male, our hormones, just the medicine that we take changes our appearance and our body shape so much that you can see a female to male in full transition and they not have had any body surgeries, but you will not know the difference. We grow facial hair, the, the, you know, the structure of the jaw changes, structure of the body changes, but for male to female, their hormones don't do the same. So oftentimes for when you see, and I want to challenge everyone who hears this, whether you hear it, soon as it's put out or you hear it five years from now, I want to challenge everyone to every time you see a male to female person in transition out in the world, stop and look at them with true courage because these are the people that get the most. I mean, these are a lot of, I know so many in my support group. These are men, okay, that have had jobs for 40 years doing what is masculine jobs that are now walking in as who they truly are. I can't imagine what they must go through. So when you see somebody being their authentic self, man, I I mean, stop and say something to that person. You don't have to call them out, but just tell them they're your hero. Just look at someone like that because that's how bad we're all supposed to be ourselves. That's, that's how bad the inner truth of you gnaws at you. Whatever that is, whether you're in transition, whether you are, you know, gay, lesbian, or bisexual, whether you are uh, like a friend of mine who was a nurse who felt the calling to be a hypnotherapist. I, I mean, whatever your passion, your true you is, be it. And let trans humans be someone that opens the door that says, man, if they can do that, I can do what it is I'm feeling called to do. I think that's part of our job. I think we have a job to do, not only just being who we are, but teaching the world to be authentic. That's the God within you, man. I love what you said, courage. I mean, that is the key. I mean, that really is. I mean, that is the biggest, greatest picture of courage. 
um, to come out in a world where you know people are going to judge you, you know, yep. you know people are going to criticize you, and to be able to walk out and to be you, you know, and that and that's got to be scary. Oh, it's terrifying, but the alternative. The being miserable, being suicidal one more day, being just this person locked. I mean, just imagine being locked in solitary confinement for a murder you never committed. You're sitting there and you're hopeless. I can't do this. I'll never be able to do it. I mean, trans, trans health care is slim to none. I mean, we're now, we're making great strides in that if you have a good job with good insurance, you can, you know, it it can be medically necessary. But if you don't, because like you said in the beginning, there's so many of us that live in poverty. There's so many people and and people will say, well, you know, a lot of these people turn tricks or a lot of these people sell their bodies and they don't tell people that they're not truly female. Well, we shouldn't live in a freaking world that makes it so hard for someone who's being authentically themselves to just work and make a living. They're not tricking their bodies because they have another choice because they just want to do this. They're tricking their bodies because they got to eat because they got to. And generally a lot of times they're homeless. Many times these people have been ostracized by their families, put out on the street that they're, you know, they're surviving. So before we judge, let us walk a mile in someone else's shoes, you know, and, and think differently. Let's expand our mind. And that's empathy, you know? I mean, that's the key. That's the principle. I teach this, you know, daily. I mentioned the word empathy in the class I teach um, to the people working to become counselors. And that's the key. I mean, it is, it's about, you know, and again, it's not about agreeing. It's not about, you know, it's about just trying to understand, That's it, you know? Um, and I mean, I've worked with a lot of clients over the years that, you know, I've had to really dig deep to try to understand them. And I get to the end and I'm like, I don't agree with this person at all, but I get it now. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and that's what I wish people would do. Me too. You know, because there is a big difference, you know, there is a difference between the empathy and agreeing, you know, absolutely. Um, and uh, because, you know, like you don't, you know, it's, that's, that's always the thing I think is kind of funny, though. It's like, you know, you do you have your path, you do what you're doing. I don't have to do it, you know, but I can love yeah. you and I can accept you, you know, for who you are. Yeah. Um, and and, you know, and and look for the similarities. That's the other part. too. Absolutely. You know, Absolutely. That, I mean, there's so many things that I can look within people that instantly I'm thinking separation. I don't agree. There's all this differences. Yep. But if I really start looking for similarities, that's how we bring people in. That's how we bring people together. Absolutely. You know, and Absolutely. I, I mean, I can, you know, I mean, I can look at, I can look at anybody out there and I can find a similarity. Absolutely. Absolutely, man. Because we're, you know, we all have functions we're all looking for the five basic needs you know security i mean all the things to love to be important we're all looking for those things regardless of the scattered details 
we're all looking for the same things. We're all moving towards the same inner happiness. And I don't need you. I don't need anybody to agree or, or give me like the thumbs up. I just need you to respect me. Don't harm me because can, I'm walking in my truth. Yeah. You can pat yourself on the back. You don't, need, you don't need others. That's, you know, and that's the beautiful thing about self-esteem. That's what self-esteem is. You know, I don't need yeah. the approval. I don't need your pad. I can do it myself, you know, Absolutely. And, uh, just don't, I just don't want you to beat me up. <laughs> that's it. Yeah. Don't treat me yeah. like shit. You know, <laughs> that's right. That's right. Just respect that I am a living, breathing human being, because no matter what you're drawing a breath in through your nose, I'm drawing a breath in through my nose. I mean, we are so the same and so connected and the sooner, and I think sometimes, you know, we're having this conversation and I love it. I think sometimes maybe that's what scares people is that we are so the same that does that scare me that maybe I'm, you know, and I've run across a lot of people in, you know, when I was, identified as as lesbian which a lot of f you know female to male people do um but you know there were so many people that had that secret of well i tried that in college and i did this and but they were able to do something else choose differently for their lives because that's the choice the only choice is is when you choose to deny yourself you know and so and that brings them into a place of fear. And maybe I make them nervous because of that. But, you know, I've always been that person that, that people meet and say, well, I always, um, Joe Potosi, in fact, let me just tell you this story since we both know Joe. I love Joe and Joe will collaborate this with me, but I had Joe on my show and I just assumed that Joe knew I was trans. I just assumed he did. And about, I mean, I'd say a minute before I hit the live button, I said, um, well, you know, I'm trans. And just in conversation, I said this and I kind of saw Joe kind of, you know, he did his best to hide this new shot, but Joe's so innocent. And I see him go down and start texting his phone. I had no idea. He was texting Tiffany Werner and he was like, um, LC just said he's trans. Um, what does that mean? What do I say? What, how do I go through this? <laughs> and from then, and Joe was one of those guys that just had a kind of a view like the world did from that, you know, we're brought up Christian, you know, I think you meet a new God when you meet someone like me. And from that moment on, it changed Joe's heart in that moment because he met the heart of me. He didn't meet a trans guy. He met a human being and we connected so deeply that Joe has become one of the greatest allies and friends in my life. I love that guy. And, you know, he had one thing going for him, too, though, is he had a big heart to begin with. Oh, my so gosh. It, it wasn't gosh. as easy or as difficult, right. probably, you know. Right. <laughs> right. I think he just never. And that's what a lot of people go through. They just have never known that, you know, they've never actually known someone going through this and I think some people are scared to ask questions and I and let me just say this that you know 
my message to us, all of us as trans people is let's be a little more patient. Now, let's not be, let's not get walked on. I'm not saying let's be disrespected, but let's take a moment to walk in the love that we're asking for from others. You know, um, let's, let's, let's take some moments when they're safe to take. If someone, you know, is a genuine heart, I always judge the heart of a person. And um, I don't mind educating someone. Someone who's, who's connected with my heart can ask me anything. Eric, you could ask me anything about anything being trans, my life or whatever, and I'd feel completely comfortable telling you. And, and sometimes people that are living in transition are just walking around in a trauma response. And we gotta remember that. These people are in survival mode. And oftentimes they're, you know, they're really pumped. And so if you misgender them or you say something that's innocent, but ignorant, you know, they are liable to bite. And I get it. I really do. But, you know, I've, I've learned that it's not an us, us versus them kind of life that I'm, I'm called to lead. And, and we, we have to be patient and learn how to educate people in love and, and for people that are, you know, that, that aren't trans and don't know anybody trans or, or lesbian or gay or whatever, anybody different, don't be afraid to ask genuine questions when you have a genuine heart. You know, I don't mind. I do sensitivity training all, to, all the time for, you know, different businesses. And, you know, that's basically my message is let's just treat each other like humans, like you would want to be treated in all honesty. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's interesting. My so my wife, uh, you know, works for Planned Parenthood, and so mm. she does um, uh, she does billing and stuff for them. And of course, that's a mm -hmm. company that is highly hated and disliked by yes. a lot of people out there, you know. And um, and they do a lot of that, you know, with sensitivity training because mm -hmm. that's really been a big thing. It is interesting because when we go back to the education part, you know, I mean, I've actually learned uh, just from listening to her with certain things, you know, because now they're mm -hmm. rolling into this, uh, uh, the non-binary. Non-binary. Non-binary, yeah. non you know. Um, yeah. And, uh, but I, and, I re and, you know, just like when we talk about that with like education, ignorance, you know, and I remember thinking about it and it, I mean, it's still, it doesn't really make sense completely to me, you know, um, but, uh, but it doesn't, I don't care. <laughs> you know, the only thing that confuses me on it is, um, is the names they want to be called them and they. Yeah. Refer yeah. To pronouns, them, they. It's um, hard. Yeah. It's hard to make it roll in a sentence, but yeah. you know, like you're saying, and like I'm saying, you know, just because it's hard doesn't mean we, we don't do it. You know, it's just different. It's, it's way different. And I have to work on it myself. You know, and again, you know, like, like I was saying, like similarities are important to me, you know, because that's mm -hmm. how I, I bring people, bring people in with looking at similarities, you know, yeah. and even with, even with the, the context of, you know, obviously I didn't have the, the gender identity, you know, crisis situation, mm -hmm. um, but I was definitely in the realm of not knowing who I was, you know, yeah. I, especially yeah. with my drug use and all of that stuff and all of those years that, that I got very confused. Who am I? I don't know. I had no idea who I was. Yeah. Um, and that question, I am, 
you know, was an yep. almost felt like an impossible question to answer for a long time. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I got excited when I started figuring it out though, you know, yeah. it, did. it yeah. got me excited. You know, I'm a, I'm a loving person. I'm a caring person. I'm, you know, I, I, um, you know, I work to have integrity, you know, integrity is important to me. Now I'm not perfect though. You know, yeah. I always yeah. make sure yeah. that, you know, I don't want ever, I don't want people to ever feel that I'm perfect, you know, yeah, um, possible. because mistakes actually also allow me to learn. Yes. Yes. Without them, who, I mean, how do we ever expand if we don't have them? It's like your book. That's what I say. You know, your book title tickles all my senses, man. It gets me excited because I believe that, you know, from, from being a human being who woke up, you know, angry that I was still alive another day. I am a person who now is so grateful for all of it. I'm so grateful to be transgender, man. I, I just, I'm so grateful, not because, you know, the world, you know, has anything to say about it, but because for the longest time, I hated that part of me. I'm, I'm so happy to be this way. I get to know a sense of myself and, and live in so many different skins. I mean, I can't tell you how much of life we, we talked about this the other night when you were on with me, it's so wild that anywhere I wanted to go and anything I ever wanted to do, I've done. And we have a, we have this tendency to forget how, you know, tenacious we are and how persistent and, and how much real get up we have inside of us. Cause we just focus on that. Give up. We focus on, all the bad, but I'm so grateful for my addiction. I could not be this awakened without it. I could not, I would have never stepped into this transition without it. I would have never developed the courage and the healing to do that. And I would have just gone on hating life and what a waste that would have been. I think superiority is actually inferiority. Mm. So when people yeah. think of that themselves as superior, you know, above everybody yeah. looking down on people, those people never grow. I mean, just think never. about it in, in that context, you know, because there's nothing to learn. I'm above no. you, you know, I'm better than you. So there's yeah. nothing I need to do. You need to do yeah. everything. <laughs> and that's, yes, that's exactly what it is. And when people, you know, people often, you know, of course, you know, I, I have a, uh, an online platform and, and pre-transition, you know, we had a large, you know, community, large crowd. And then, you know, once transition became apparent and I, you know, was saying it and talking about it more, we lost some and then the hate comments would come. And in the very beginning, those hate comments would really, really hurt me. But it was because I was building my identity on being trans. And it wasn't so that I, like I told you, my good friend, Martin John, you know, kind of opposed that a little bit and I got pissed off because I was like you don't understand you know I deserve to get to say this and he was like that's not what I'm talking about and it's so true you know when you build your identity on something external from you you know anytime that it is challenged or pushed or or disagreed with you're going to come out swinging and I tell the, you know, my soul warriors, I call my audience, I tell the audience all of 
the time. Don't regret your your past. Don't regret your life because there's somebody sitting in a house that you think has it all and they'll never have what you have. They'll never have the reason to awaken and know who they truly are. They'll never have that because their back hasn't been pressed so far down as yours. Their face hasn't been down in their own vomit. They haven't had to compromise their morals or values just to survive. You have. And there's no accident in that. Learn to love every part of you. And I get so excited, man. I had a client um, that I'd worked with a while back who was a transgender, female to male. And, um, and of course, I'm not going to ever disclose this to anybody, you know, in mm. groups or anything like that. And, and, uh, and one day he did, right? And I asked him, I said, man, I've just been waiting, wondering when you were going to say that, you know, disclose that, you know. But he said something interesting. And I, was, I wanted to ask you on this real quick. Because, uh, you know, he said that he's like, I don't really like to even identify transgender. I'm just another guy. Right. Yeah. What do you yeah. think on that? I mean, is that something that. So when I first began transitioning and I was still in that that identity walk, I felt that way, too. Like, you know, I didn't really want to have to identify as trans I just wanted to be seen as a as a regular guy and for me I started slipping into some of those toxic masculine masculine traits in order to you know make sure I was falling in line with the guys so I made sure I could be seen by the guys and I thought to myself wait a minute something about that doesn't feel quite right to me either because then I'm denying other parts of myself I'm wasting way too much time trying to make sure that I'm standing right, walking right. I've got this unique existence that get to be me. And it's, it's the same thing about the name, you know, and I understand why a lot of trans people change their name and, and I'll change my middle name, of course, but, um, but I, you know, felt kind of pressured in the beginning. Everybody's like, well, what, what are you going to change your name to? Change your name, change your name. And I was going to until I really got deep into that whole identity thing. And I thought, no way. This name was a nemesis to me when I was young because I felt like it was too feminine. And then I grew up hating everything about me, turned it around in recovery, built a name where, you know, you search me in Google and you're going to have to go five pages before you see my criminal record. When used to, that was all you would see. I've spent a lot of time, effort, and done a lot of healing to embrace this name. I think I'm going to keep it. Because I see, you know, what you were kind of saying, though, is like you were trying to be somebody else. You were trying to yeah. pull out these masculine qualities that didn't really fit with you right. and uh, to be something that you weren't. And that just goes right back to the same thing that you're doing. you were doing. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> Yeah. And that's exactly how I felt, man. That was exactly how I felt. I thought, okay, now, wait a minute. Now, you know, I, I'm, I'm doing the script to the other side. <laughs> exactly. Now I'm denying this other part of myself and I don't want to do that either. And I often tell people, you know, for the trauma that I experienced uh, and, and growing up, you know, with a battered mom, um, 
you know, femininity to me was equaled weakness. It equaled, you know, vulnerable. And so I denied that for so long. And because I just couldn't embrace it in that body. It just did not feel good to me. But as I began to start transitioning, love to see who I am in the mirror, I really at that time started embracing my, you know, femininity, which we all have. We're all born with masculine and, and feminine. We're, we're a balance. So I'm really looking in these days in my life for balance, you know, like that. And I'm grateful to be like now I see women doing such amazing things. You know, women have come so far and, and I'm just so impressed by women and, and they're just so, oh, I just love this women's movement. I, and, and, you know, I'm just, I don't know, man, I'm just grateful for my life. I, I mean, I can't say anything other than that, but I'm just so grateful for my life in every way it shakes out. You know, ever since we first talked, you know, spoke and every, you know, you, you always have this excitement, you know, and I, and I see that and I feel that and I love it because, you know, that that's the type of stuff that, that, you know, I try to bring out too. And it kind of like, it, it lifts people's moods. You feel a little better, yeah. you know, let's, yeah. let's laugh a little bit, you know, let's do it. Yeah. <laughs> let's do it. I mean, just a smile changes. I mean, it's just science, man. A smile changes your whole emotional state. And, you know, that was my recovery program. I, I didn't realize I had as much control over my reality as I truly did. I did not realize that, that I could learn to think about what I wanted to think about, that I could learn how to uplift myself, that, that I could learn to be, to use my past as a motivation versus, you know, a, a noose. And so learning all that, it, it gives me pure joy to share that with other people, man. This joy. Um, uh, tell, tell our listeners real quick about your podcast. Okay. Well, Recovery Soul Food, we kind of do a same conversation um, type deal every Saturday or sometimes it's Sunday nights at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. You can catch that live on Facebook at Recovery Soul Food. Lona Curry and on YouTube really like for people to go to the YouTube channel really like to get people to subscribe and grow that platform because as you know you can do a lot more there um, and get a lot more information out so it's recovery soul food on youtube.com and um, our podcast is just like this available on iHeartRadio iTunes and Spotify and then Wednesday mornings every Wednesday at 8 a.m eastern time I come on and just try to share topics that are that are going on in everyone's life no matter whether you're recovering from substance or habit or 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 whatever it doesn't really matter we should all be honestly always growing and to be in our best selves and I like to try to bring you know practical things that people can put into their lives and and realize how powerful they are in the pursuit of their life so get with me on YouTube that's the best place awesome hey I want to thank you so much for doing this and uh, I want to thank you for getting high with me today. <laughs> it was a good time, man. It was a good time. <laughs> I want to thank everybody for tuning into another episode of High Wall Clean. Let's keep getting high. Well, let's do it clean. See you soon. Guys.